Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am very, very happy that you guys are here with us today. Uh, we've got a really cool guest today. And I think one of the one of the things that helps everybody is being inspired. And I think our guest today is uh, very inspirational. And all of us have adversity in our lives at some point or another. And it's really what you do with that adversity that helps you to become the person that you're meant to be. So I'm very excited about our guest but before we get to our guest, uh, you guys know that I'm overcoming adversity right now because I have to deal with this man every single time we do an episode. Mr. Dean Holland from the United Kingdom, also known as the Bearded Wonder. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Yay! This is the moment of the week you look forward to. Don't lie about that. Shh, don't tell anybody. They're, they're going to get the wrong idea. Last How's it going, man? Cancel date night just for, the, just for these moments that we spend together. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome, James. Anyway, how you doing? Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah. Very, very excited for our show today. Good. Yes, me too. Yeah. So, uh, so let's welcome our guest in. Jeff Hall uh, uh, runs a company called Overflow Cafe. We'll get into that uh, a bit later. Um, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, James and Dean. You're welcome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I hope you're ready for this, Dean. Yeah. Uh, Dean might even say a few words today. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. I feel exhausted already. Put in too much. Well, you know, if you stop riding in that horse every time we did the show, you might actually have a little <laughs> bit of energy to actually do the show. <laughs> it's exhausting. I tell you, it's tough. Yeah, it really is. So, Jeff, um, you know, uh, there are some people that are almost like born to be entrepreneurs. And I know uh, I know some about your background, but it, it, tell, t- tell us a little bit about how you got started as an entrepreneur, because I don't necessarily think it was by choice, but it was almost out of necessity to overcome a particularly bad situation when you were really young. Would you mind sharing a little bit yeah, about that? Uh, we were poor, um, not because my parents weren't employed. They were both gainfully employed, but they were horrible with money. Uh, so between uh, alcohol and gambling, um, you know, th- there was never any money for anything. So we were always being evicted or we didn't have enough food. Uh, I couldn't go on school trips. So I was like seven years old and I just got sick and tired of it. And um, I said, okay, I started picking up like pennies and, and spare change from the ground. And I go to this corner store near our, our apartment, buy candy, and then, you know, sell it at my school for a profit. So you're a candy dealer. I was a candy dealer and I would forge permission slips uh, and just go on school trips and, and stuff like that. Uh, With the money, you would you would make money from the candy to go on the school trips? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a terrible pricing strategy. It was just pay me what you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as it was, you know, as long as it was more than what I paid, um, then, you know, that's I made money. And so um, 
I went on all the school trips after that uh, until my parents found out that I was making money and then they kept confiscating all my money. So I kept having to scale up and innovate to make more money to support <laughs> they were like, myself. Uh, they were like a really bad version of the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Garnishing oh, yeah. your paycheck all the time. Oh, yeah. It was it was crippling. And that, I think they took a bigger percentage because um, they took <laughs> you know almost 100%, which I'm sure that the government would do if they could. So, so, uh, so this, so this is really interesting. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, that's pretty young, seven years old. How long before you started selling the candy, were you just completely fed up with this situation? Um, and then, and then I guess the second question, how did you even know that there was a better way if this was the example that was being set for you at home? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't even remember. I just felt like I need to do something and I know that, you know, my mother was in emotional pain over the way that we were living because it was pretty bad. Like it, it, it was just rotten. We had the police coming to our house probably once a week, you know, domestic disturbances and, and so on. And so I know that it hurt her. And I, I would watch movies like, you know, Superman and stuff like that. And I'd be like, man, I wish I was like Superman. I wish I could do something. And this was something that I could do. I, I just figured, you know, I know my friends at school have money because um, they always have nice things. They've got all these toys and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe they'll be willing to buy something for me. They're always buying stuff. Maybe they'll buy something from me. So, Wow. Um, so, uh, so where did the, where did the candy sort of lead to? How long did you do that for? Um, I did that, oh boy, uh, age seven, eight, nine, I'd say two to three years. I I was so hoping you was going to say from seven until today, still, still. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was waiting for a pitch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah. I'd go on shark tank, you know, and I'd, (laughs) I'd, uh, you know, raise some capital. No, you know what? Um, you know, the candy thing was okay. But when I turned 15, um, even though at that state, like I was 15 years old, I was bringing in like a thousand dollars a month. Um, and from selling candy at school. From, no, no. From like doing various, oh, I was doing several different things, selling things at school, shoveling, uh, snow in the winter, um, just all kinds of flyer delivery, all cold calling for people, all kinds of entrepreneurial stuff, and working traditional jobs. My parents, a thousand bucks a month, it still wasn't cutting it. And my mom was a single mom, so I was supporting my mother, my grandmother, my younger sister, and we were going to get evicted from our house. And I said, you know, this is pathetic. Like, I'm so irritated. And, you know, by then I was a teenager, right? So you know how that is. So I'm like, look, this is, I'm, I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to start this company, which ended up being Overflow Cafe, which I am still doing now. I'm 39 now. And um, I started that. And, and that's really what ended up making me, um, you know, taking me to, to, to today. So, uh, so, so was, was, uh, was there at any point where you were just like, screw it, I don't want to keep doing this? Or was was it just so, so much of a non-negotiable that you had to fix this problem that you never even once considered, you know, kind of throwing in the towel? I mean, I, one of the, probably by the time I was like 16, I was making enough money that I, if I could move out, I would have. Um, and I actually moved out when I was 17. 
it's not easy when you're under 18 to get an apartment. So I had to like negotiate with this landlord that I, I happened to know him. I rented out his basement apartment, but well, I thought uh, you were pretty good at forging by that point. Yeah, so I, everything should have been all right. There were some, you know, there, uh, there were some lines that I didn't want to cross. So permission <laughs> slips, you know, I was okay with permission slips. Um, but, uh, you know, for other things I didn't want to do, but, uh, you know, I, I was just irritated by the time I turned 17, I'm like, I just, I, I'm out of here. Like the gambling, the partying, this, the stuff that I don't do, that I don't have an interest in doing, all the money's going to that. And, you know, when I was younger, I said, look, we could take this money, we can invest it. I'd read the newspaper. I read the financial section. I saw, you know, back in the 90s, of course, the stock market went straight up for a long time. And I said, let's put some money into this company, Intel. Dell, Microsoft, which back then would have been an amazing investment. I couldn't do it. Um, my, you know, my parents wouldn't do it. And I'd give them money, do this, do this, do this. And they wouldn't do it. It would just be spent on nonsense. And my, you know, my mom, not, not to knock her, but she wore the finest clothes for a couple of years until I moved out. And then I focused on, on just building up my company and taking care of myself. So what do you think was, why do you think um, you decided to channel all of that anger and frustration and sadness into a productive channel? And some people channel that into crime and stealing and getting involved with the wrong groups of people. Like, why did that, why do you think that it happened like that for you? I mean, I don't think I could be good at, at crime. Uh, I can't handle the stress. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've watched all the movies, man. It ends badly for everybody. And just the, even the stress, like I, w what would I do? Like, uh, do work for the, for the mafia or something like that, you know? And then if that goes wrong, they kill you, uh, do work for some drug cartel. If that goes wrong, they kill you. They torture you and they kill you. Like I, uh, I'm like, no, I, I don't, I want to die with a smile on my face, you know, I doing something cool. I don't want to die like that. So it's a good job. You're not still selling sweets at this age. That can get a lot more aggressive as you get older. Yeah. That, yeah. It's a yeah. very challenging market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a lot of mob ties to the candy industry. Yeah. 30 cent bubble gum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we necessarily have that many listeners who are young. Uh, we might, um, but you know, what's, what's the biggest thing? piece of advice that you would give somebody who is in a situation that where they're just like, they feel sort of hopeless and they don't know where to start. Yeah. I, I would say just a lot of other people are in the same exact situation that you're in. So if you can find a community group anywhere at school, at church, at a community center, a club or something like that of people who are entrepreneurial or just people, it's a support group or something like that, people who are like-minded, that will help you tremendously. And, um, you know, if it's family, it's hard to cut them off. If it's, if it's not family, if it's just friends that are dragging you down, it's a little bit easier to cut those kinds of people off. And a lot of So you mean I, it, like I might be able to cut Dean off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just bought the house next door. You're not getting rid of me. <laughs> You had to do what I thought you I was do, you know. <laughs> okay, so um, so let's talk about what 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 is Overflow Cafe exactly. So obviously that was you know your your next thing after uh, you know you were kind of just hustling to to make enough money and sort of create a life that you felt was normal. 
Yeah. Um, what, what did, what is overflow cafe? Like what did it actually turn into? Yeah. So it started off as like a, a computer company where I would do repairs on your computer and upgrade your software and stuff like that. And then it turned into just website design and then it quickly turned into, uh, we make websites popular. So it's the one and only thing we do. If you have a website that's brand new or fairly new, and you're nowhere to be found in search engines, you'd come to, like we do what's called SEO, search engine optimization. You'd come to me and we'd help you get set up and, and established. So we're, we're the people that you come to right at the very beginning. If you're already established, you, then you don't need me. Um, mm. It's just for if you're a brand new. Right. Okay. Well, I, you know, in all honesty, like with your story, if I need to have somebody like rank me for SEO, I feel like you're probably the most tenacious and persistent person I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 I try. I try. <laughs> you're like, I will get you to page one <laughs> or else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I can't help everybody. I mean, we probably have like a, uh, it's pretty average failure rate. I think it's like 6%. Uh, of our clients, it just doesn't work out. You know, we can't help everybody, but um, uh, I've got a small staff here, seventeen people, uh, forty-five thousand clients, and we um, we do our best work. We are extremely passionate to the point where some of our staff members would even be called savage, uh, or even sometimes, unfortunately, downright rude. But we actually care about people's businesses. We help a lot of people, and we we try to. You know, it's it's in our best interest for you to succeed if you uh, work with us. Very cool. So, what what do you think is the sort of thing that gets people off the ground? Then, so you specialize in you know getting people from zero to something meaningful. Yeah. And there's particular challenges and and things that come up at that stage. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges? that people face when they're just actually getting going? Yeah, the reality check, um, especially with the internet, a lot of people who are brand new to anything, including the internet, you know, they think that there's going to be instant results. Like uh, you can apply this to any area of life. People who go to the gym, they think, oh, within a week I should be ripped, right? It doesn't happen. It takes years. Building a business takes years. And a lot of people come to us and they're like, okay, what can you do for me in two weeks? Well, nothing. We, we can't do anything other than give you a reality check that this is going to take years. And so giving them that reality check is probably one of the most important things that we do for people because it gets them thinking about their business. It gets them planning. It gets them looking at their competitors. To this day, over 50% of the people who come to us, they we say, who's your competitor? And they say, oh, I don't have any competitors. It's like, are you joking? You're joking, right? You think you don't have competitors? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So the reality check is probably one of the most important things we do. So obviously, you know, I think it depends, it defines, you know, depends on what you define success as, right? Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. You know, you're not going to become like this gigantic success overnight. Uh, but you you do start seeing signs of progress, right? And I think that's a, that's a big difference. So how do you sort of set expectations for people, how they can see those milestones along the way so that they can get that reality check without being completely discouraged? Yeah, and that's a, that's a real balancing act. That's a real balancing act. So with us, you know, our reporting tries to show them 
uh, a balance of the good and bad. I mean, we give them all the data. So if it's all bad, they're just, they're going to see all bad. There's nothing we can do about that. If it's all good, that's fantastic. But we try to highlight, look, you, uh, you've been with us for a month. You used to be on page 85. Now you're on page 80. So you're moving up. As long as you're moving up, that's great. You know, next month and the month after, here's how many backlinks you have. Here's your SEO score. Here's how many people. Okay, when you started with us last year, you had 100 visitors a month. Now you have 5,000 visitors a month. You know, they're staying on your website longer, you know, and, and they're clicking through to different pages of your website. So there's all that there's all that kind of stuff that we can show them. Now that, again, that alone is not going to solve their problem because, it, you know, if you're selling a product that they can online that they can get at Walmart for half the price, people are probably going to go to Walmart, even if you're number one. So just being mm-hmm. number one isn't going to solve all of your business problems. So do you think that you need money to start a business? I mean, obviously, you didn't have money when you're starting the candy business. And I don't know what your situation was when you started uh, the Overflow Cafe business. But I think people starting businesses uh, wrongly assume, my opinion, I want to hear what you think, that you need money to start a business. Yeah. And you can just start it on a shoestring, man. These days, it's, oh my gosh, there's so much you could do. Like, If you don't even have money for a domain name, start with like social media, you know, start with an email address. Uh, Obviously you're not going to be, you know, it's going to, that's going to limit you. I always tell people like, if you literally have zero, start with a job, you know, and make the business your side hustle where, you know, your income from your job can fund the domain name and basic website hosting and stuff like that. But you don't need huge sums of money. You don't even need thousands of dollars. Start with start with the free stuff and then work your way up little by little. And then, you know, as things are working out, you know what you can throw money at. You know what you can really invest money into versus we have people who come to us, James. It's ridiculous. We had this one client. He spent $100,000, like his whole life savings on a website to sell auto parts and he says, you know, my, what I have the most advanced technology for keeping inventory and blah, blah, blah. And I, I had it custom made. I hired these overseas programmers and, and so on and so forth. I'm like, oh my gosh, a hundred thousand dollars. How much do you have left for like marketing this? He's like, oh, we're broke. We have zero dollars left for marketing. Mm. I'm like, dude, the, the, this thing that you have, this software that you had, you could have gone to WordPress and gotten like a $100 WordPress plugin <laughs> that would have done every single thing that you're doing and then spent the other 99,900 on marketing and you know he was he, he didn't believe me and uh you know we we took him to like very close to page 1 and he ended up going bankrupt anyways because he just he ran out of money um, he he r- just ran out of money. So you don't have to spend all your money. Don't spend any money. Be very reasonable. Be very cautious about throwing money at your business on day one. Wait until you know what works and then you can invest and scale up. I think that's really good advice no matter what stage of business you're at, honestly. Mm, that's true. You know, I think the the tendency when you have money is to just start throwing money at stuff. But, you know, most things need to be figured out. Like the problem needs to be figured out before you actually use money to to 
help create a better, more elegant solution to it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I see, you know, I see businesses and you're talking about people who are at, you know, the startup level who are starting at ground zero. I see businesses that are, you know, seven or eight figures that just, you know, waste money Mm. by throwing it at things. And like, you know, that, you know, in that guy's case, you know, the hundred thousand dollars meant everything to him. And so that was, you know, obviously not a really great choice for him to put all his eggs in that basket. But, you know, you have a, you know, have a business that's, you know, doing seven or eight figures and they say, Hey, we're going to build this, you know, sexy platform and it's going to do all this stuff. And they spend a hundred thousand dollars on it and they could have gotten the same thing for a hundred. Like it's still just as much money being wasted. Oh yeah. And, and you know, you're right. I, uh, I read an article online about Google, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world and they routinely allow, if their employee has a great idea, they'll say, okay, here's $20 million. You have one year, make this work. And they've been losing a fortune on projects like that. So they're th- they're throwing i mean they have the money so it doesn't really affect them but i wonder how many corporations mm. are doing that you know just cuz it's like oh you've got we've got the money you might as well might as well spend it dean maybe we should pitch google on just the tips <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fund up with 20 <laughs> yeah <million>. definitely <laughs> but no we've got the money with regards to uh, on on this side of topic i know i've definitely i've had probably twice over the last maybe 5 years where I've I've taken stock of exactly what's leaving the bank account. And I've realized every time I've done it that it should probably be a routine exercise that maybe happens every quarter, or at least more than it is happening. Because uh, I've even discovered when I've started going through things, I realized, for example, I, I was paying for two Basecamp accounts, and I wasn't using any of them. And I know that's not a lot of money, but when I started adding things up, I've definitely had periods in my business where there's been thousands of dollars being spent on stuff that we don't even use anymore. And it, oh, yeah. it, it's just crazy because it's not just the way I see it now when I look at things is, and, and like, like you've just said, Jeff, about putting some of the fun, you know, those funds into marketing and advertising and things like this. Um, it's not just the money that you're spending that's being lost. It's what could be done with that that you're actually losing. And that's what I always look now. If I was spending a thousand a month on stuff I wasn't using, well, what if I was putting that into advertising or services such as your, yours, Jeff, that you offer? You know, what would the return be if I was putting those funds to better use? And I think, you know, anybody listening to this, I think, should be going through that exercise because I think it's probably far too common that people lose stock of exactly what's leaving their accounts. Oh yeah, yeah, Dean. You're uh, just to touch on that. Um, I've actually learned that a lot of companies are now paying their chief financial officer, a larger salary than the chief executive officer for that exact reason that, right, you know, yeah. financial control is so much more important than a lot of other things going on. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people get so wrapped up in making the sales that actually they forget about the bit that's, well, where's all the money going? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we've all heard about people who made millions or, or hundreds of millions of dollars and now they're broke. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Warren Buffett says, our job as business owners is to be the allocator of resources. Yeah. Right. That- and I think that, and I think that, you know, the, um, the discipline that you're talking about at an early stage, Jeff, where somebody's like, okay, well, how can I get creative about doing this? And how can I figure out how to get you know, 80% of the result that I'm looking for, for, you know, 10 or 20% of the cost is that's a habit, you know, that's a habit and that's a mindset. And exactly what you're talking about, Dean, you know, getting into the habit of, you know, having 
tighter cost controls in place. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, it, it doesn't matter what level you're at. That's really, really good advice. Like that's a fundamental thing because, you know, the, the economics of, of profit margins and, and relative to sales is, you know, let's say you've got, you know, a 25% profit margin, you make a dollar. That means you're keeping 25 cents. Well, for every, every, uh, you know, dollar that you make, that you increase your profit margin, you have to make that many less dollars to still get the same amount at the bottom line. And I think that people just sort of get really, uh, really excited about top line sales and they don't get as excited about profits for whatever reason, but that's where there's a tremendous amount of leverage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so Jeff, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know this is your area of expertise and I, I definitely want to touch on it, but what, what are some best practices that you've seen in, you know, it's one thing to drive traffic to a site. It's one thing to get a bunch of eyeballs and all that stuff, but it's an entirely different thing to turn them into actual paying customers. Yeah. W- what are some best practices that you've seen with, you know, the 45,000 customers that you guys support? Yeah. So there's so many that you're, you're, um, you want me to touch on conversion specifically, I guess. And that is, it's half science, half art, in my opinion. Because we've seen people who have uh, a less than 1% conversion rate, and then we've seen customers who routinely have like a 12% conversion rate, which is phenomenal, um, you know, for their, for like for their homepage. So what we like to look at is credibility. Somebody lands on your website, you have anywhere from five seconds to 30 seconds to really convince them that you're the person that they should be doing business with, whether this is a product, whether this is a service. So your business name, we still see websites that have no business name up at the top, like a logo um, or a name of any kind. Uh, The second thing is we don't need to see pictures of your cats we actually have their websites where people will put pictures. Here are my cats. You know, here's 20 pictures of my cats. And it's above the fold on the main page of their website. And what is their business? They sell puppies. <laughs> they breed and sell puppies. I'm not, I, I'm not joking, James. This is, a, this is actually happening. And, and our, and our, and our like team will reach out to these clients and they'll be like, oh, you know, you guys are savage. You're rude. It's like, no, we want you to make money. remove the pictures of your cats or put them have a separate page or something. So when someone lands on your website, don't waste their time, you know, make sure. Okay. So I, I've got, uh, I've had, uh, 15 foster children in my care and I have one adopted daughter. So uh, I took some of them out, uh, shopping on Saturday, right? They, they found this new mall and I'm like, okay, they, they know all the malls in, in Canada. So I'm like, okay, let's go to this mall. We go to this mall. Oh my gosh, I almost I almost lost my train of thought here. It's almost lunchtime. We we go to this mall. They want to go into all the fanciest, most expensive stores. And so I go into a store and my first thought is, is there a men's section in this store? Because they go into the clothing stores, right? And I'm looking and I'm like, is I can't tell. Does this store sell men's clothing? And they're like, oh, it's at the back or, you know, there's a corner, there's a shelf, you know, way, way, way in the corner. And that's where I'll go first. 
And if I land on your website, I want to know specifically, okay, if it's a clothing website, is it just women's clothing? Is it men's clothing? Do you sell only women's shoes? Or do you sell men's shoes? Like, tell me what specifically you sell within a couple of seconds. That alone will reduce your bounce rate by probably up to 50% by telling people who you are, what you do, uh, how does it work? How do I contact you? Um, you know, if I click on your contact page, is there just a form or is there more than that? You know, especially if I'm going to be, if I'm supposed to hand over large sums of money to you, uh, how do I reach you if there's a problem? Is there a, a phone number? Is there an email? Anything that gives me some level of recourse if this transaction doesn't go right? Is there a social media and, and things like that? That alone will give you a tremendous boost. So if I could, if I could sort of like just summarize there, like you're just saying, like get get some of the basics right about actually like you know having good communication with people. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the same as like if you had a retail store. Remember your your website is a business and a lot of people approach their website like it's magic. Oh, I'm just going to have my own domain name and my own website and people will flood in and start giving me money. It doesn't does doesn't work that way these days. I, mm. yeah, that's that's pretty much true. Uh, Dean, I guess uh you and I are both going to have to take those pictures of our cats. <laughs> please, please do. Please do. <laughs> I, felt very, I felt very vulnerable when you were talking about she that, did, She didn't do it, by the way. She didn't remove the cats. <laughs> really? She She's like, no, the cats have like, to stay? Those are her babies. It's, it's, <laughs> some people are ridiculous. We had a customer months ago who demanded that we rank him number one worldwide for the keyword water. <laughs> he, right. he sells water filters for your house in one city of America, and he wants us to rank him worldwide for the keyword water. We're like, sir, we could rank you for the for like plenty of really profitable keywords, and we'll rank including lunatic, including lunatic, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, it's it's what we deal with all that. Now, just to be fair, most of our customers are cool. They're cool people and they're hard workers, but you know, it's the, it's the crazy ones that really stick out sometimes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. That's why I do the show with Dean. He just stuck in my mind. Like, Can that. I say, can I, can I tell you about one of our more inappropriate customers or is the show too uh, PG that, that's for that? exactly what our show is for. It's for, okay. <laughs> this show is designed for you to tell us about so that listen, person. A couple, I uh, was it, uh, was it one or two months ago, we had this guy, he, he purchased, according to him and his wife, 20,000 dildos. <laughs> he purchased them. Wow. Nice. And they're in his house. He sets up a website and he comes to us and he's like, he signs up with us and he's like, my wife is pissed. She wants these things out of my house. <laughs> and I, you just need to get these sold this <laughs> month. We're like, sir, first of all, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> 20,000 dildo. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? This is crazy. So don't put that pressure on us. You know, <laughs> it, we it, building a business takes time. He's like, yeah, but you know, I'm selling them for the lowest price. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're suspiciously cheap. 
I'm like, sir, selling suspiciously cheap dildos, that's not a great strategy, you know? And like the packaging, is he's showing us pictures, oh, the packaging is damaged and some of the boxes are open. I'm like, that, do not even mention that these are open box products. Like, what is wrong with you? So now he's, he, I guess he tells his wife what we've told him. Now his wife is calling us. And she's screaming at us. And remember, he's only been a customer for like a short time. And his wife is screaming, I want these dildos out of my house, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, I we want to help you. But like, this is going to be a long-term process. Like, don't scream at us. We didn't do this to you. You did this to yourself. Yell at your husband. And he emails like five times a day. Help me, help me, help me. What do I do? My wife's screaming at me. She's kicking me out. I'm sleeping on the sofa. Unbelievable what people do. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, it makes uh, makes life interesting for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, it (laughs) does. It does. Yeah. That's amazing. Like you can't even make that up. Yeah. yeah Twenty thousand. That's that's impressive. Like he just thought he would buy them and and you guys would throw up a site and then they'd all his website a were, dildo millionaire. Yeah, I was hoping that his website said the boxes were open. I hoping they were like just damaged, not returns. It looks like it's damaged. Yeah. I it looks like it's all damaged. And um the thing is, like his website is so terrible because we do have clients that sell adult novelties and stuff like that. And they do very well. But, you know, this guy, his website was so horrendous. You'd look at it and you'd be like, oh my goodness. This, this isn't is... the cat website, is it? It's it's... <laughs> no, no, no. Over here, yeah. He should partner up. No, on this guy's website, the cats were on the about. Yeah, they were the about. Us. <laughs> yeah. He made it. He made an effort. Yeah, he made an effort. But, um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, these are the guys who, you know, they end up hating our guts and blaming us for all of their life's problems because. It- well, I could I could totally see why I I, I hold you responsible yeah. for his problems as oh, well. That's, you know, yeah. I kind of like to ship you the 20,000 dildos and you turn up on Monday. And <laughs> yeah, we t- <laughs> <laughs> just as his final attack at why he blames you. He's going to yeah. stick you with them. Well, I've got yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. He turned his he turned his wife against us. <laughs> he turned his wife against us. It is just like we we laugh at him all the time, but at the same time, it's like we do laugh, but we want him to we want him to succeed. Right, right. Is he still a client? Of yours? Yeah, he's still a client. He's still a client. It, oh my he, god, I hope he listens to the it's show. It's only been like a couple of weeks, and we keep trying to tell him like. Like, do this, do this, do this. And and sometimes he does. Ju- he doesn't listen to us because he values our advice. He listens to us so that he could get his wife off of his back. <laughs> that's a horrible, yeah. that's a horrible position to be in. Well, I don't know. I, Dean, I think it might be funny if we, uh, if we allowed Jeff to bring this guy right. onto the show with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a really good time. It yeah. could be awesome. Tell them, uh, tell them we'll help them move, yeah, move yeah, some of that you product. Bite, you bite, yeah. So, you know, I, it just occurred to me, Jeff, you, you need to put a book together. Like, have you guys heard of the Darwin Awards? It's like, uh, it's like a book that tells these stories of how people did the most ridiculous things and died uh, doing them. Oh, I think um, yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, you need, a, you need a book like this, like the most ridiculous things that you've ever seen people do with their websites oh, and, yeah, and their businesses. Uh, I would love to read yeah. that. Check that out. 
Yeah, please. So let us know when it's published. We'll have you back on the show and we can promote yeah. it. But uh, but in the meantime, if we uh, if we do have some beginners who are uh, coachable, not people who want to keep pictures of their cats on the page or are going to blame you for all their life's problems and they want to work with you, uh, where's the best way for them to uh, find out more yeah, about you? Yeah, overflowcafe.com. Uh, that's our website. Connect with us on all, all our social media links are there as well. Got a friendly staff of super nerds. We'd love to uh, help you succeed. Super nerds. I like that. Super nerds. What's the difference? What's the distinction between a nerd and a super nerd? You know, nerd? the nerd is really concerned about themselves, and a super nerd is looking to make the world a better place by helping people. And so we're like a superhero like nerd, a superhero basically. Nerd, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Ah, I like that. I think I think I want to be a super nerd. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. I have a new aspirational yeah. title, Dean. I say you do not have the power. Oh. I felt like I felt like I had a moment of hope, but you just shattered my dreams. So thanks a lot for that. And this is what I have to put up with on the show. I like uh, um, so Dean, any uh any parting thoughts before we uh before we wrap things up here with Jeff? I feel like we covered a lot of ground. We covered him selling candy from the age of seven to like get himself out of a bad situation all the way to a client who's trying to get him to sell 20,000. Right. I know. I'm going to have the weirdest dreams tonight. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would just say this is this has been uh, one heck of an interesting uh, episode, Jeff. It, it, I feel like you probably got so many more stories that we would love to share. So uh, I just want to thank you for everything you've uh, passed on with us here. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Dean. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for being here, Jeff. And I think you know, in all the you know, in all the joking and everything, I think people should should absolutely find inspiration. In you know, if a seven year old can go out and make money to help his family, then if you guys, anybody listening, is starting out at any point, you can do it too, right? There's uh, there's absolutely hope, and there's the ability to do it. And you know, don't get yourself wrapped up in it has to be perfect, or you have to spend a ton of money to get things off the ground. You know, led uh, let Jeff's example, um, you know, sort of guide the way, and I think that was uh, that was very cool, and one of the biggest reasons I want to make sure we have this conversation today. So, thanks so much for being here, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, to uh, to all the listeners, thank you guys for listening and putting up with myself and Dean on a regular basis. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends about us, and for today, we're wrapping it up. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.